What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 109 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch, just like normal, just like all the other shows. What's happening, Matt? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Just uh, another day in lovely Rock Rapids, Iowa. Lovely Rock Rapids, Iowa, right here. Not close to anything, but in the middle of everything. It's been kind of weird lately with the... We've had a little bit cooler temps. Yeah. I mean... I'm not for it. No, I was kind of getting used to those 20s or those lower 30s. And I mean, I like the fact that it's getting below freezing at night. So we've had some ice built, but. Yeah. Yeah. I th- uh, a lot of ice in the area obviously needed to be mended. And, right. uh, you know, we were getting down single digits uh, overnight. And uh, um, yeah, definitely uh, going to give a little boost to the, uh, give a little boost to the ice. Um Matt, it's it's Super Bowl week though. Super Bowl week. Super Bowl week. Uh, we've got, I don't know, maybe the greatest quarterback ever. Possibly uh, not. Gonna maybe, be... maybe I. It, hey, he is. Okay. Hey. Hey. I'm I'm 100 on that. Uh, I mean, I I know. We're 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 interviewing a guy from Wisconsin though. Right. <laughs> and and then all of a sudden, you know, they don't want to throw anything out well, there. Well, that's just I mean, all right guys, you know, this is an opinion. This is an opinion. Don't 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 get mad don't get mad at us. Don't get after us. Uh but I I would say Tom Brady's the best quarterback ever. Uh you know, I I guess I wasn't alive to see Bart Starr play and Johnny Unitas and and whatever, but uh um can't argue with his success. Yep. And now he's Did I say it. Brett Favre or did I say Tom Brady? Tom Brady. I did say Tom Brady. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But so. uh no, yeah, Tom Brady, and now uh, playing. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess who you could say is, uh, could you know, possibly take over the best. For him. Right, you know, uh, in Patrick Mahomes, and so uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, playing the Kansas City Chiefs uh, at, at home. First yeah, time it, ever. First time ever. And and uh, on Bass Talk Live, I heard a crazy statistic that said, uh, I guess uh, the Tampa Bay. I don't know if it devil rays or or something like that yeah, the, the rays baseball team yep and their nhl team oh, Tampa all Bay three Lightning. of them all three of them were in the championship of their oh really yeah i, guess I didn't and realize that's the that. first time that it's ever happened that is kind of crazy yeah so i heard that on another podcast uh no <laughs> i'm not gonna sit here and take credit for figuring that out because <laughs> honestly i i don't even i'm not I think it's the Rays or the Devil Rays or whatever. I'm not even sure what their baseball team or their NHL team's name is, but uh, I think it used to be the Devil Rays, and now it's just the Rays. I think they dropped the Ray, the Devil. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're going to drop anything, it may as well be the right. Devil. <laughs> but no, who you got? Who you got? Oh man, you know what? I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. If Tom Brady wins, does he ride off into the sunset? I would. I, I would too. I mean, no having, about having won all those in the AFC and then you come over to the NFC, I think that'd be like the ultimate mic drop, like, peace out. I'm gone. But I don't think he will. Does he flip off the camera and say, F you, Belichick, after he wins? <laughs> oh, he wouldn't say that to Belichick. I think They don't just, get along, man. I just think he'll give the OFU to just tell all of his haters out there. Yeah. I just, I just don't know how people can argue that he's not. I mean... He, I saw a statistic the other day that Tom Brady is more likely to play in the Super Bowl than um, he has a higher percentage to play in the Super Bowl than uh, Steph Curry does to make a three-pointer. Really? Yep. Huh. That's just crazy if you ask me. Yeah. My my probability of playing in the Super Bowl is just a little bit less than Tom Brady's. <laughs> Mine too. I mean, it, I'm close. <laughs> Although I think my probability of playing in the Super Bowl is probably better than your probability of playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I guess he, there's got to be a ball boy. There's got to be a ball boy. I'll take it. I'll be the guy that squirts the water, the water boy. I'll be this running up the guys. You need water? There you go. No, you're the ball boy. The ball boy? You're running around with the balls. <laughs> Always got the balls in your hand. All right, let's move along. Move along. Move along. Oh, dang it. Uh, nope, we uh, we got a, we got a cool episode. Um and guess what, guys? Uh, I, it, it's officially uh, it's officially open water season. Uh, I believe that there was a Toyota series yep. that uh, officially kicked off this last weekend. And uh, in celebration of that, uh, not not in celebration that ice fishing's done because we're still uh, ice fishermen uh, 
whatever. We'll be but uh, walking on water for a while. Yep, that's here. right. But uh, we've got a bass fisherman on. Uh, our buddy Bob Downey uh, is heading down to uh, Florida here uh, in the next day or two, and uh, maybe maybe the day that you're listening to this. Um, so uh, yeah, no, we got him on the on the show to talk about the 2020 Bassmaster Elite Series uh, season and uh, what he's looking forward to on the 2021. So um, I'm I'm kind of excited just to, you know get an insider's take on uh, you know how how the season went. You know, not not even necessarily just on his season, but uh, you know just season so, as a whole. Yeah, and, and somebody who's there, you know, at the weigh-ins, you know, uh, rubbing shoulders with these guys, and uh, you know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just pumped. So am I. I'm pumped. So I guess uh, with that being said, uh, we're going to get over to Bob. And about to start his uh, 2021 season is uh, Bassmaster Elite C- Series angler Bob Downey. Bob, how are we doing? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Really good. Good to have you back on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Matt was uh, Matt was saying uh, one year ago yesterday uh, we had you on the show, and that time uh, I think you were someplace, you know, maybe outside of Nashville or something, heading uh, heading down to Florida, maybe uh, getting ready for the St. Johns River. Is that right? Yep, that's exactly right. So I think our tournament started down there just a few days earlier, or maybe the week before it's scheduled this year. So I'm leaving probably monday tuesday next week um like i think that's like the second or third of february and i'll be headed back down there yeah so when you get down there um you you can't actually go down and fish the saint john's river right off the bat it's it's off limits correct that's correct we we can't start practice until february 7th this year and we've got a four-week off limits period um preceding that practice period so i uh, just got a new boat of a few weeks ago and have zero hours on the engine so i'm gonna get down there a couple days before practice starts and make sure i get that engine broken in and work out any sort of kinks um you know rigging wise it should be good to go but you always kind of want to be prepared uh, so you're not worrying about that stuff uh, during practice. Yeah, that no kidding. Deal. You know, that's that's uh, one of the extreme disadvantages of the northern anglers. You know, I mean, it's not oh, like man. there's a lake yeah. that you can just go quick, <laughs> yeah. drop it in. No, definitely not. We're at a disadvantage up here uh, with that. So, um, I mean, you could go to the Mississippi River, but then you'd be dealing with salt and ice and a bunch of that stuff. So I just assume head to some warmer temps and get that out of the way down there yeah now uh so. bob uh, let, let's talk a little bit about last season uh mercer yep. started calling you old bob downey uh do, do, you, do <laughs> yeah. you like old bob downey or i mean uh is, is it something that you know it's like oh dang it i you know i wish he called me something else i i mean <laughs> how, how do you feel about it i don't mind it i mean it's one of those things where you're probably better off steering into it rather than steering away from it sort of thing. I mean, if he gives you a nickname, it's, you know, hopefully a good thing. I think some of the guys at Johnson Outdoors came up with it and Mercer kind of took it and ran with it and it it's fine. I mean, I'm not like crazy about it, but I also don't <laughs> hate it necessarily. So I suppose it's better to have one than than not. I guess you know, well, right? It's it's young Patrick Walters, and then it's old oh, Bob man. Downey. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. yeah. I yeah, I, I so. definitely think you're right. I, I think it's uh, it's way better to just go with it. And uh, you know, really, there's there's probably a lot worse nicknames out there. Yeah, no, I think it's it's totally fine. I think I think they spell it like O L E. So I don't even know if that is like just more of a like a laid back connotation or what it is but that's uh i'm pretty laid back dude so maybe it fits i don't know we uh, <laughs> we've, we've talked about this on the show before scott and i talked about pro bass anglers having t-shirts that they sell yeah. at that they sell at tournaments i mean that would look pretty good yeah. on a t-shirt yeah could get some merch going or something like yeah that. you need to uh you know either <laughs> either that big six pounder that you caught on the final day you know like when you're setting that hook you know that'd be a pretty cool like the silhouette of that or uh i yeah. think you had a picture on your facebook page uh that that somebody had taken at one point in time and your boat is like just straight up and down it's like right when you throttled down do you know that picture yeah. 
That's, yeah, that's think, a cool uh, picture. Out on Lake St. Clair, I think. Yeah. I, I think that's where it might be. I can't remember. They send us a lot of them throughout the year, but I'm guessing that's maybe the one you're thinking of. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you are at all thinking about making old Bob Downey uh, T-shirts, <laughs> I guarantee you I'll buy the first one. I'd probably buy the first three. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, I might have to think about that. Heck, I might just fund this dang thing and not just send them over to <laughs> there you. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So oh, that sounds good. So, Bob, uh, let, let's talk a little bit, uh, you know, about the 2020 season and and uh, yeah. maybe uh, pre-tournament or, or not not pre-tournament, but pre-tournament day routine. You know, are, are you the type of guy that's waking up and like? first one at the boat ramp and can't wait to get out on the water are you making big breakfast are you stopping at a gas station are you are you meditating what are you doing yeah so um for me i i don't need to be the first guy at the ramp but i definitely don't like to be the last one so i like to get get there at a pretty decent time um if you get there kind of in that mid to late pack it seems like it's real jammed up at times so i like to kind of get get ahead of that and I'm definitely a guy that has to eat on the boat and drink uh, fluids on the boat. Some guys go all day without doing that. I can't do that. So I'm usually, I'll prepare my food the night before if I can, um, and then I'll have a little breakfast the morning of. But sometimes, you know, if you're up at 4.30 in the morning, I can't really eat much at that time. So I'll I'll pack some things for the boat when I'm just sitting around waiting for blast off, but I like to get up and give myself plenty of time and not really not really be rushed. Um, try and gas up the boat the night before and kind of get my ducks in a row the night before so I can uh, kind of just ease through my morning and not really scramble around too much. You bet. Are you? Can you get a lot of sleep the night before a tournament or um, is your mind going so, 100 miles an hour like a lot of people? Yeah, that's the thing I kind of had to get used to this last year. And I got I've had a flavor of it in college and um the opens and just fishing local tournaments but just the pace of the weeks during the elite series are um they they're fast and there's not a lot of downtime you're pretty much you know typically we don't have an off day before the tournament um so you have like a monday the first one we will because we got to do all of our kind of headshots and preseason stuff but most tournaments it's a monday tuesday wednesday practice and then tournament Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so you're going hard in practice and you're trying to get back, you know, you're, you're back about dark each night. You know, you do what you need to do with the boat. You get a little something to eat, um, make sure everything's getting charged on the boat, and then, and then you try and get some sleep. And some nights are easier than others. It seems like, I don't know, it seems like sometimes if you have a real good practice, it's harder to sleep because you're kind of anticipating what's going right. to happen. And if if it's kind of been a mediocre one, you're not as wound up about it. So um, I don't know. I get a decent night's sleep. I, I do the camping deal. I've got a truck camper. So I kind of have my own routine and usually a pretty quiet space and not really bothered by, you know, if you're at a hotel or something like that. So right, camping right. has definitely been... Um, something that, that I've really enjoyed. Uh, you kind of get your own space, your own routine, and that helps me at least to get a better night's sleep for sure. Now, having you talk about the truck camping, and a lot of people are doing that now, and mm-hmm. your first year doing it, is there something like going into this year that you didn't necessarily have, like an asset that's like, man, I really need that packed with, with me this year. Like this is a necessity. I never had it last year, and it's going to make my life a whole lot easier. Um, I got a new uh, mattress for the camper, which I'm really looking forward to. Last year, I just slept on the factory one that came with it, and about halfway through the year, it was shot. And so they don't, which is kind of normal. I don't think they put a great mattress in those things. So I'm actually really looking forward to a nice new mattress. Um, hopefully, that'll provide some better sleep. Um, but you, you kind of do, nothing really sticks out to me. Um, in terms of like something I've added, I guess you kind of figure out little, little efficiencies here and there and, um, to make life on the road easier. I mean, the biggest thing is just kind of being prepared for all situations, having the right tools to, to fix something if you need to fix it and 
making sure you're doing your maintenance on your truck and that sort of thing just to alleviate as many problems as possible. How many how many miles did you put on last year? Um, I bet I put on like 25 to 30, which is, it's not crazy, but you know, there's guys that are putting on 40 to 45, 50 a year. I, I didn't do that much. Um, I pretty much was going to the events and then I'd come home. I wasn't really driving around all over yeah. after the tournaments. Um, you know, I'll, I'll do a little bit more of that this year, just the way that our schedule lays out. We've got, uh, more tournaments that are like not necessarily back-to-back weeks but we'll have one tournament and then a week off and then another one so there's like two within a three-week period so there's going to be a lot of one-week breaks this year in our schedule and so i'll probably be going to other lakes during that one week break this year so i could foresee putting on more miles this year right sure. right now, now, Bob, the 2020 season, uh, you know, I guess we don't really need to beat around the bush. It didn't start off probably as hot as what you wanted to. You know, you definitely no. had your you had your ups and you had your downs, uh, you know, and it, it's a rookie season. You know, that's just how it goes. But, uh, yeah. you know, that uh, what 82nd place finish at the St. John's River last year. Uh, you yep. know, what, what's going through your mind as you're leaving the St. John's River? Are you thinking, holy moly, like, you know, maybe the Elite Series isn't for me? I mean, was it like, hey, I just got into a bad rotation? You know, what what's going through your mind? Yeah, last year, the first event, um, if you look at the weights in general, it was a tougher St. John's River than it right. had been in yeah. prior years. Um, so, number one, it was a tougher bite. And I day one – um, I had, um, six keeper bites and I landed four of them. So I should have had a limit. I didn't execute well on, on two bites and in a tough event where you're not getting many keeper bites to begin with, um, execution is magnified a lot more than, you know, if you're up on Lake Champlain and you're catching 30 keepers a day sort of thing. So that was kind of the, the, pretty much the big big thing for me was execution because then on day two i had four keeper bites and i didn't put a single one in the boat and about midday on day two after not executing on my first three bites the wheels really started coming off and i mean i got i got spun out like the last two hours of, of day two just i i really in past years have been fortunate knock on wood to my execution is usually decent. Um, I haven't really had kind of the the lost fish stories that a lot of guys talk about. And that first one really bit me last year. And I kind of got it figured out more throughout the year and didn't really ha- kind of got those demons out of the boat and really didn't have any execution issues most of the rest of the year. But that first one was pretty bad. And I don't know if part of it was that it was just so much of a grind um, being my first elite event, kind of worrying too much about what other guys were doing and not so much like what I was right. supposed oh, to be yeah. doing um, was one thing that I look back on. Um, and it, it, I hate to make excuses, but it, I just didn't adjust properly, really. I mean, there was, if you followed the event really closely, um, basically the first two days got canceled. Right, the wind. Of, yeah massive southern winds and that that river flows south to north and so what it did is it blew all the water out towards the ocean is what it did and so a lot of the backwater shallow areas where we had located fish had dropped like a foot and a half two feet um due to that that wind and there was a full moon too so the tides were a lot um higher at their highest point and lower at their lowest point compared to what they normally would be. And I had one area and I'm actually, I'm looking forward to going back to it this year. We'll see if, if we have stable water conditions, but I, I literally watched 20 to 25 pounds of bass just swim around me both days one and two, and I couldn't get them to bite. And I don't know if it was cause that water dropped over their head and they're so skittish um, or what the deal is, but it, you 
try I mean I try, feel like I tried every trick in the book bomb cast and weightless senkos drop shot just real finessey stuff and I couldn't get any anything to bite it to the point where eventually I had to just leave because it was so maddening just watching them <laughs> swim around yeah. so there's those sorts of scenarios too that you don't really hear about when someone has a terrible finish that maybe they were around them but it's just a matter of figuring out how to get them to bite and I couldn't oh, yeah. get those suckers to bite so, yeah, it, there was a combination of a number of things, and it's um, it was an interesting event. I, I mean, I'm trying going into this year. You try and kind of put those those bad thoughts behind you, and and try and just go at it with a clean slate, and and uh, maybe change your approach a little bit, and hope for the best. So we'll see how it goes. Right, yeah, that's what you got to do. Now, would you say right. that day two afternoon, was that your lowest point of the season or did you have another yeah. day that that for sure was? 100%. Yep. I learned a lot that day. I learned like, and I, you know, every tournament fisherman kind of knows it, that, you know, it's not a good thing when you spin out, when oh, the wheels no. come off, right? But in the moment, sometimes it's hard to know that it's happening to the point where you can say, okay, you you can't let this happen. You know, you gotta, you gotta figure it out sort of thing. And that just, that day two in Florida was, it was by far the, the worst day, um, of my season. And I had a few other tournaments later in the year where that I could have allowed that to happen, but I learned from it and kind of figured out a way to, um, at least save a tournament, even though it might not have been a great finish. Um, like Santee Cooper, for example, I was really not on a lot and I didn't even make the cut, but I think I had like a 50 something finish. 51, which, 51st. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't like a complete win, but it wasn't an 80 something bomb. Oh, and middle. So, of, there's nothing wrong with middle of the pack. You know what I mean? Right. If, if so that's, if, if that's what's considered a bad tournament, that's, that's pretty good yet. Yeah. So if you look at like. You know, if I would have figured out a way to finish in the low 50s at St. John's, I mean, I w would be fishing the Classic next year. Right. So, the, you know, those are the sorts of things that I learned throughout the year in a long season when points matter a lot. Um, is that if, you know, if you're not on something, you know, keep keep your cool. You don't you never know what might happen. But also figure out a way to put a limit in the boat, whatever size it might be, and and get some points and get out of there um, instead of instead of those bombs. And that's kind of my goal going into. That's everybody's goal, really. But you know, trying to put more of a focus on that this year of really emphasizing putting a lemon in the boat and, and kind of going from there. I mean, if especially with the fall tournaments this last year, if a guy would have put a lemon in the boat, you know, every day that he would have had the opportunity to compete, you probably are making the classic. So right, yeah, that was kind of an interesting aspect of it this year was the fall tournaments. I mean, yeah, it was, it was just kind of. I think a lot of people thought that, you, like, you guys were going to go out there and just like crush them, and like huge bags were going to come in, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's just like uh, it kind of set up like sometimes fall fishing does. I mean, it, you know, yeah, it wasn't like whack them and stack them tournaments. It was kind of a grind and. You don't yeah. get that limit. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. I think fall fishing in the north is good most times. I mean, there still are some days where it can be tough, um, but I think for the most part, in Minnesota, Wisconsin, if you went out to New York, Michigan, you're going to have pretty good fall fishing. And I think you can have good fall fishing windows and opportunities in the south too, but. Um, as we saw, you know, with Patrick Walters, I mean, um, but when we were at Gunnersville and Chickamauga and Santee, we were kind of in that early fall transition still where, you know, like the frog bite on Gunnersville, I think everybody was expecting that to be really good. And it wasn't, it, um, on Chickamauga, we saw that the frog won, but you look at those weights and that's nowhere near what Chickamauga would usually be like in the spring. So, um, yeah, those were grinder tournaments, which I actually wouldn't mind if we had one or two of those in the fall each year. That's 
when I won on Grand Lake, that was kind of during that time period. And I don't mind a few grinders, but man, when we had four in a row, I think everybody was exhausted <laughs> and ready to be done. Yeah, and <laughs> so. no doubt about it. You know, when you when you consider you getting sixth place uh, on Gunnersville there, um, and only fifty eight pounds, you know, I mean, that's that's really pretty wild. You know, I mean, yes. that's, uh you know, something yeah. that's normally way higher than that. And uh, yeah, uh, would you say that 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 would be the highlight of your year? Yeah, I would say so. That in St. Clair, I mean, St. Clair was a fun tournament, but Gunnersville was, uh, I just felt so much at home there. I was basically punching, um, I mean, it was hydrilla. There was some milfoil mixed in, but it was mainly hydrilla mats. And I'm just so comfortable doing that around the house in that, like, you know, early September period back home here when those fish kind of start transitioning shallow and they get under that matted vegetation and that's pretty much how i wanted to fish that tournament at gunnersville going into it i wasn't sure if it was gonna really play but ultimately um i think if i i think if i would have executed on everything there's a chance you maybe take second or third and i had i had one fish miss my frog that you could see the whole head come out of the water and it was at least six, maybe seven pounds the last day. So there was, if, if all the stars lined, I think that was the winning area, but I, um, I shared it with one other guy too throughout the tournament. Um, and I can't complain about a sixth place finish though. Oh, Oh, no no doubt about that. When, when you drove away from there, when you drove away from Gunnersville after a sixth place finish, uh, I mean, did, did you have a certain sense of satisfaction? Like, okay, you know, I've, I've proven to myself, I've proven to my family, my friends, you know, the other Bassmaster Elite Series uh, competitors, you know, that I belong here? Yeah, it gives you confidence for sure. It, it gives you the confidence that you can trust your own abilities, really, is kind of what it does for you. Um, allows you to go into the next event or other events or this season coming up knowing that you know you can you can excel against this field based on your own abilities and your own instincts and um so it definitely allows you to kind of take another step forward and not really think you know the the thought of whether or not i can compete with these guys um or have a a good finish against them kind of you know that's not even really a part of your thought process anymore so um that allows you to be more comfortable with the whole process and just have more confidence which in turn for me that's when i kind of just do my own thing and don't really um i don't really talk to a whole lot of other anglers um or share information um there's one other person we i talked to him a little bit but um when I qualified through the opens, I didn't didn't work with anybody, and that that just seems to work best for me. And if I can continue to do that, I think I'll be fine. I think when I get off on tangents of trying to do what other people are doing, it just doesn't seem to work for me. Well, and I think that's kind of the common mistake a lot of guys that are going into it kind of fall into is just like they kind of get in awe of the people that they're around, and they just kind of lose focus on themselves and like you said you just got to kind of focus on your strengths and you know like what you do and you know yeah 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 you gotta you gotta trust your own abilities um that said i mean you do have to be constantly learning and be willing and open to learn new techniques and listen and talk to guys and kind of learn um how they might approach a situation um but I try and save that for non-tournament scenarios where you're, where you're doing that kind of on your own time. And then maybe down the road, you implement it during a tournament. But, um, yeah, trust in your own instincts and in your own abilities and, and kind of having confidence in yourself is a really big deal in really in anything in life, especially in professional sports um, and definitely in fishing, too. Oh, very cool. Now, you, now you mentioned, uh, you know, just just touched on it there. You know, a little bit of sharing information with uh, with somebody else, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, you said you're you're not big on that, and that's fine. But uh, being being done with your first season, 
If you had to tell us, who would you say is the friendliest angler on tour? <laughs> friendliest angler. Man. Or are um, they not friendly dudes? <laughs> no, I'm just... Ch- I um I had a great experience with that group of guys. That's why it's hard for me to just pick one because everybody was super welcoming. And, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of them out there. Um, you know, like Patrick Walters is extremely nice, nice guy, friendly, always, always approachable and positive guy. I got to know him a little bit this year. Um, you know, there's... Gussie, the all the Canadians, uh, Seth, you know, all those guys are really great, open, um, welcoming dudes. I mean, there's really I didn't have a bad experience with anybody this year um, that I kind of ran into. Um, it's a good group right now, and I, I was never part of the group kind of before the split, um, but there's a good vibe going on with, with the group that's there right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. now you mentioned no bad deals, but uh, if if you had to say who's the most intimidating guy on tour, like who's the type of guy that you come ripping around and, and go into a bay and you see him that he's in the bay, you know, got there before you, and it's like, huh, nope, out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Is there one of them? Yeah, dudes? I haven't fished against um, Hackney or Christie. I was thinking the year, same thing, but those two probably and. Um, you know, I mean, all the guys have the ability to, to – I mean, they're all great anglers, so they're all kind of – could can be intimidating in their own way. And um, one thing I really learned from just throughout the year just to kind of help me from a mental standpoint was you, you, you got to respect the guys because they're all extremely talented, but you can't really be intimidated by them. And if – if you're intimidated by them, it doesn't really allow you to do your own thing, but that doesn't mean you don't respect them. And, right. And oh, yeah. Treat them, treat them how you would want to be treated on the water. So, um, I think if you can kind of keep that in mind, it helps, um, for, for, you know, yourself to kind of do your own thing, but also be respectful to everybody on the water too. Now, now obviously like, you know, Matt and I, we, we fish some, uh, we fish some club tournaments like uh, on the Iowa Great Lakes chain and and uh, whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, you know n- not nearly to the the magnitude obviously of of what you do. Uh, mm-hmm. Now say you do you know blast off and and you get to your spot and and you know you go into a pretty good sized bay and there's somebody else in there or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. are, are you the type of guy that is going to go someplace else or I mean what's what's the proper distance that a guy's got to keep between him and a competitor? You know, you mentioned there on Gunnersville that you were sharing an area with somebody yeah. else. So I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you're not going to step on their toes, but you're not afraid right. to kind of brush shoulders. Yeah, I don't mind fishing. I mean, well, I, I prefer to fish by myself in my own water and um, you know, if someone if someone is on an area that I that I had intended to fish, um, and I see them there, I'm I'm not going to pull right in on them. That's just like even if it's an offshore deal where you probably could sit next to the guy, that's just not kind of my style. Um, if I do happen to get into an area where there's where there's another guy, and like on Gunnersville, for example, we were fishing matted grass, and there was kind of an inside stretch of grass and an outside stretch of grass. And kind of the first day um, I was fishing the inside and the other guy was fishing the outside. And um, for the rest of the tournament, we both stayed on our own stretches and never really never really went on the other guy's water, basically. We just kind of respected Mm -hmm. the stretch that they were fishing the first day. And it worked out. Um, And so that's kind of how I would handle some of those scenarios. There's there's been other times throughout the season where, um, you know, I'll, I'll fish an area in the morning, catch some fish on it, come back in the afternoon, and someone else is sitting there, and I'll see them catch fish on it, and I'll leave. But... I want to make it a point after the day to tell that person, like if I show up there on day two, I don't want them thinking that I'm there because I saw them catching yeah, fish. Right, in the afternoon. Yeah. So you got to be clear that, Hey, you know, I, 
the reason I'm potentially going back day two is because I was caught them there in the morning on, on the first day. Um, so you kind of just got to be good about communicating those sorts of things. Um, and I think if you do that, you're fine. Um, you know, you're going to avoid a lot of confrontations on the water because the, that person could easily think that you're showing up the next day because you drove by yep. and saw them catch fish. So you just want to be real open and clear about how kind of your intentions and why you're going back. Yeah, you bet. Now, uh, looking forward to 2021, you got a tournament on the schedule that it's like, oh yeah, that, that, that's the one right there. <laughs> um, well, I figure if I do something like that, I'll probably bomb that tournament, but, uh, I'm really looking forward to going back to Champlain. Um, I kind of messed up the first day there this last year and, uh, day two really got on a good smallmouth bite and I kind of figured out the largemouth a little bit and had a real, real good second day. And if I would have done that day, day one, I think I would have made the cut. And I, that lake just reminds me so much of home here. And, um, I just couldn't get it going on the first day to the point where it was like embarrassing <laughs> on Champlain. You shouldn't have a issue catching a limit. And I didn't have a limit till like the very end of the day. So I'm looking forward to going back there. Um, there's some opportunity for some redemption at the St. John's and also Lake Fork. Um, you know, I'm hoping that I can maybe approach those places a little bit differently and improve on, on my finishes from last year. Those were really the two that kind of killed me, especially St. John's. Um, fork on day one, I was okay, but day two was pretty brutal. Um, fell out of the classic on day two. So it'll be nice to get another opportunity at a, at a few of those. Yeah, you bet. Uh, is, is there one that you're not looking forward to? Um, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know if I'm like not looking forward to this Sabine, but I think the Sabine, I think there's a lot of, I think the numbers are decent. And it, from what I've heard, it's the size is getting a little bit better. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have an opportunity to go down and pre-practice there. So that one is kind of a wild card. For me, a win there would probably be making a cut, top 50 cut. Um, this year gets paid 10 grand. Uh, with the field size that we have. So that one will be interesting. The St. John's is going to be interesting too. I hate to say that I'm like not looking forward to going there because that it's either going to be super tough again or a light switch could go off and it could be like the year before when Clun just crushed (laughs) and and really everybody crushed. So Mm -hmm. that one's going to be really interesting. If we have stable weather, warming conditions going into it, who knows? It could surprise some people. We'll see. I I, I think I think this is going to be your year. I I really do. I think uh, you know you, you you had your sixth place finish. You know you had a fifteenth place finish. You know I I think uh, you know mentally I think you're probably in the right spot. And I I think this is going to be the year. Uh, you know I I think you're going to do well. I'm hoping you do well. Yeah, thank you. I hope so too. I feel like I learned a ton last year. Um, it's weird you tournament fish i mean i've tournament fished since i've been 13 14 years old and you think you've kind of have experience and you've seen a lot of things but the the elite series is just a different level i mean it's you uh i learned so much last year and progressed as an angler probably more last year than i have you know in any other year before so hopefully i can take some of that experience and build on it this year and keep building confidence and and try and make something happen. Yeah, you oh, bet. yeah, you will. Now, uh, Bob, you know, obviously last year, you know, it, it was it was the craziest year probably any of us have ever been alive for. Um, was <laughs> no uh, was uh, sponsorship? Uh, you know, I mean, was it tough? You know, going into this year, I mean, are you keeping a lot of your same sponsors? You know, did did uh, you know the, the the crazy year? You know, kind of force a couple uh, sponsors out. You know, what's your sponsorships looking like this year? Yeah, it's going to be real similar to last year. Um, honestly, I I didn't really go out and pursue new sponsors, um, partly due to our short off season and partly due to just kind of the overall um, 
uh, economic uh, condition that we're in, I guess. A lot of companies, I think, are kind of just sticking with the status quo. And yep. um, even though some of them might have had good years, some of them might not have had good years, I think there's a lot of um, uncertainty going into this year. And so I really tried to just stay with my current sponsors that took a chance on me last year and continue to try and build those relationships and didn't really um, go out and try and find other companies to leverage any of those deals or anything like that. I, I just want to try and stay loyal with the companies I worked with last year. And so everything's going to be pretty much the same. Um, I lost one sponsor that basically had kind of um, short, I guess, cut a decent amount of their pro staff and it kind of kept mainly their few big guys, um, which is understandable going into next year. And uh, otherwise, I'm pretty much going to be with the same companies. Um, so looking forward to continuing to build those relationships. And it made it made it a lot easier to like design the wrap and the jersey and pretty oh, yeah. much have the exact same thing as last year, which made it a lot less uh, stressful yeah, in comparison you, to last year. You talk about a short off season. Was it was it weird for you? Did you do, used to do a lot of like show? Did you do a lot of shows and you know go to those? And with like none of them going on this year, was it a little weird? Did you have a little bit more time for your off season? Yeah. So honestly, before I qualified for the Elite Series, I had like zero sponsors, and so I really didn't work any shows before I qualified. Um, and that I, I kind of just approached it on my own dollar and paid for, paid for it by myself, um, in local tournaments and through the opens. And really, um, I still had a full-time job and pretty much committed to that while I was doing the opens. And, um, so then COVID hit and really all the shows got canceled. So I honestly have not really had much experience working shows at this point in time. So, um, I don't really know what a off season would be like with them. Right. just because of the way things have been the last year or so. So, yeah, it's allowed me some more time at home. Um, it's been a short off season. Had to kind of get the boat sold, get a new one ordered, and coordinate all that, which is a lot more work than it, than uh, I think most people realize. Um, so, But kind of got all that squared away. My jerseys are supposed to show up tomorrow, so just in the nick of time, and uh, we'll be on our way south. Yeah, I suppose uh, if they if they don't show up tomorrow, you ain't leaving on Monday. No, no, <laughs> they should be here though. Yeah, so it was uh, there was plenty to do, but even with the short off season, I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, I'm ready to get back after it. I kind of had some time to think about last year and and regroup and kind of put that behind me and and go after it in 2021. You yeah. running a bass cat again this year? Yep. Yep. I am. It's pretty much the same boat I had last year. I'll have the Minn Kota Raptors on there this year, and I added another graph up front, which I never I told myself I'd probably never do, but now I have two up front. And uh, so a few more, one more graph in, in those Raptors. Otherwise, it's pretty much the same. Same-looking boat wrap? Uh, yep, yep. Okay. Same boat wrap. I I I noticed that you hadn't put one on the Facebook page yet, and I I loved your boat wrap last year. I thought, uh, I yeah, you know thanks. I, I kind of like the natural colors and whatnot, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I was going for. Yep, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. So yeah, well, Bob, no, I'll probably have some pictures or video of it here before we get started in Palatka. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So well, uh, we appreciate you taking time uh, to sit and chat with us. Um, yeah, uh, and man, we we wish you good luck uh, this year, and uh, hopefully you crack a dub, and then we'll we'll have you on again. That's right. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, thank you guys for having me back. I really appreciate it. Yeah, safe travels and have a great season. You bet. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. See ya. All right, bye. And that was old Bob Downey from Hudson, Wisconsin. Hudson, Wisconsin. Hudson, Wisconsin. 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 I don't. If if you were Bob Downey and you could go and get any any Wisconsin, I mean, I, f I feel if you're from Wisconsin, like you got to get some Wisconsin sponsorships. Like, I mean, you either need a cheese company, well, Spotted sure. Cow Beer, you got to uh, go Johnson, is Johnsonville, Johnsonville brats. Like, 
you know, you get meat, cheese, and beer. That's Wisconsin. That's it. Wisconsin. That sounds like a good weekend right there. Survival kit. I think they give you that at like your baptism in Wisconsin. Yeah, that is. <laughs> that's the kit you get. Yeah, you know, we we asked him, we asked him about breakfast, but I guess we never really asked him. You know, he he, he does the uh, the truck camping. I mean, I bet you he's he's stoking a fire at night and he's having himself a couple of freaking old Milwaukee's and and uh, probably a Johnsonville brat and and uh, right. some 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 local Wisconsin cheese. Well, if you were if you were a professional angler like that, would your morning ritual be a big breakfast, or would you be sleeping on the front deck by ten o'clock? <laughs> I need a nap um, right now. I I am not a big breakfast person, honestly. Uh, uh, I I normally do not even eat breakfast. Um, we have a nine thirty break at work, and uh, you know I'll I'll munch on a little something there if if it's if it's available. But um, honestly, uh, I'd probably be. You know, I got to have coffee, got to have some sort of caffeine in the morning. And then, uh, I don't know, I, I could get, I could get by with something really light, like, you know, just a, a quick little peanut butter sandwich or something, right. you know, cause I, I do, I think you're, I think you gotta have something in your stomach, you know, while you're out there, you know, you got all day and it's not like the second you get in, like, you know, Oh, I'm going to quick, you know, grab myself a burger and head to weigh-ins, you know what I mean? By the time it's all said and done, you know what I mean? It's four or five in the afternoon and, and, uh, yeah. You and then that's when you stop at the gas station or something, or you go order something somewhere and you're right. Your eyes and your stomach are, you know, like we need a lot of it. And then you just gorge yourself. I, I don't think people truly take into, uh, consideration how much of a grind it is to go three possibly four days in a row of early in the morning you know you get done with weigh-ins you know three four o'clock in the afternoon yeah you know you hop in your vehicle you head back to your campground your hotel your your airbnb you re-rig your rods you know you you clean out your boat you know and get get tackle prep yep Yep. you know whatever and i mean you just barely got time enough to freaking you know grab a you know grab a quick bite to eat and you know you're probably looking at getting to bed again and you know, four a.m. the next morning, you know, you're probably, you know, up and at them again. Like, I mean, it's a grind. It right. is a grind. Well, and then, and then and there's back to back. Oh, and that's just the tournament day. You're not even talking about the practice days. Right. You're still getting up early. I mean, you're. It's not the adrenaline rush of the of the tournament itself, but I mean, you're still getting up early. You're still getting out there. You know, putting in all that time. And if you uh, if if you were gonna be uh, you know a Bassmaster Elite Series angler. Uh, like Bob, would uh, would you try to go the truck camping route? Would you try to go a hotel route? Would you be an Airbnb guy? Uh, See, I I would like to say I'd like to try the truck truck camping thing, but I don't know if I could if I'm good enough like to do all the truck camping. Yeah, I think it had, the Airbnb is probably what I think it'd be fun to travel with some other people. And, right, like do the Airbnb. I do, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, that uh, sleeping in the same bed, you know, I mean, right. you know, if you get used to sleeping right. in your truck camper, you know, that's like your bed, you know, and, and, you know, the same thing all, you know, every night, you know, you got a routine, you know, you always know your, your pillow's just right. You always know your mattress is the same. And, and, uh, you know, like for me personally, I could, I can get used to anything. Um, I think I would... I think I would attempt to do the truck camping. Yeah. You know, if, if obviously if money wasn't an issue, uh, you know, I'd probably have somebody, you know, maybe Kayla, uh, you know, or, or somebody, you know, drive, you know, along, travel along with me in a different vehicle, you know, and, and instead of just a small truck camper, you know, maybe a, uh, you know, a small bumper hitch or something like that, you know, where you could have a little bit more room, but, uh, um, I, I don't know. I forget. I don't remember if it was Carl Jockamson or, who it was, but you know they said that, uh, you know it, it, it was a it was a real advantage to be sleeping in in the same bed every night, and I I suppose well, that'd some be right. Truth to it, yeah. Yep. Now, uh, we did uh, we did hear something there from uh, from Bob Downey about uh, running the uh, the Minkota Raptors uh, on the back of his boat, and and uh, he talked about Humminbird Electronics and. Uh, you know, obviously, with all the news in the last week being uh, the stock market, with uh, 
GameStop going absolutely crazy and Robinhood, you know, preventing trades and, you know, everything else or whatever. Um, I just wanted to throw it out there. You don't have to do it. I'm not telling you it's a banger stock by any, by any, uh, sense of the imagination. Cause I have no freaking clue, but, uh, Johnson outdoors is a publicly traded company. So, uh, if you are interested in owning a little bit of that, you know, Minn Kota, hummingbird, uh, you know, whatever, um, I think it's like a hundred, 110 bucks right now, somewhere in there for, for a stock. And I don't think that there's any dividends on that. I don't think, uh, I don't think you get, uh, any, uh, any discount on product or whatever, but it is kind of cool to say, Hey, I own that company. Yeah. I had no idea of any of that, what was going on. I, I felt like I was back in math class again. And I was just sitting in the back room trying to hide and hope the teacher didn't call on me. With because, that with that GameStop deal? Yeah, I don't know anything about the stock markets or anything like that. So well, I'm not gonna it, it mention, brought me back to a dark time in my I'm past. not going to mention his name, but we've got a listener, a faithful listener, that uh, a month and a half ago, maybe even two months ago, he told me, he said, hey, put in on GameStop. And I'll be honest, I flat out told him, you're wrong. Whew. And he did it. And he, he, he sold. And he sold. Looking good for him now. Seriously. He did good. Like, That's good. Like really good. Good. So, uh, yep, hats off to him. Should have done it. You know, if, if, everyone, if everyone starts buying Johnson Outdoors products and, uh, you know, we happen to buy into that, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand the big shorts. I don't understand the... There's naked shorts. There's there's false shorts. There's I had I just know PE shorts. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Khaki shorts. <laughs> that's Ka- khaki shorts. <laughs> PE shorts. shorts <laughs> jean shorts. Yeah. All right. That's about all I know for shorts. Hey, I don't I don't know nothing about that dang stock market, and we're, we're going to be done talking about it because yeah, is what it is. That's in the past. That's right. And unless somebody's got a banger stock that they know is going to go GME to the moon, I mean, don't be afraid to reach out to us. But, uh, yeah, until then, that's that. Um, uh, I had one other thing. What was it? Um, don't forget to keep getting signed up for um, fantasy, fantasy fishing. fishing. That's right. That's right. It's uh, getting closer. Don't wait. Don't say, I'm, oh, I'll do it next week. At I least, don't even think Stu the Noob has signed up yet. Yeah, I keep kicking him out of the group. <laughs> Not a bad idea right there. Not a bad idea right there. But, uh, no, that that that's like coming quick. Right. Like real quick. And, uh, you know, if you don't if you don't understand it, like I said, <coughs> oof, it ain't COVID. But uh, if you don't understand it, reach out to us. We'll get you helped out, and uh, yeah, whatever. That's that. Um, God dang it! I just, Matt, we talked like literally just a couple minutes ago about what we were going to talk about. See what I like? I told you, you got me all flustered talking about the stock markets and stuff. So all right, I apologize. All right, well, it made me feel like I was taking the. SATs again. You know what? I want to talk about Mega Motors again. Mega Motors. I want to talk about Mega Motors again. And and for those of you that uh, if this is your first uh, time joining us, a Mega Motor is one of those pro staff guys that's going to let you know that he's on the pro staff. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, say uh, he's gonna he's gonna have four different sweatshirts when he goes fishing, so he can change sweatshirts and take a picture with the same fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's that's what he's gonna do. If if. Uh, He's going to take a picture with a fish and he's going to put that on Facebook and share it into 16 different Facebook pages, all the exact same picture. Just letting you know, Hey, I caught that fish. Yep. Well, hey, it might be, you. it might be the same fish, but like I said, it's a different sweatshirt. Oh, you, you, yeah. You, you rock a different, a different sweatshirt and yeah, I don't know. You got any other mega motor deals? Mega motors. Um, you don't got no other mega motor deals. I'm trying to think here. It's some I'm mega motors to... that I that I've been kind of seeing. That it's like you know that's kind of a mega motor move right there. Um, sharing like just just sharing like every face like fishing company's post. Oh yeah, it's just like yeah yeah yeah. Even when they're the scammer accounts, <laughs> like obviously 
if you're on Facebook, you've you've realized like here in there's the last there's been a ton of like what the like, heck is going on? Well, like, it's like every like two weeks you get like a re- friend request from Clam or Striker, you know, something like that, and it's just like yeah, yeah JT, this JT Outdoor right, Products, it's just and, like this and, isn't yep, and uh, yeah, mean, all it's, you got to do to keep those those keep getting mixed up with my other ones these beautiful looking women that are like adding you and they don't have any those are for push. real matt those I'm, are for real oh, you, you get a podcast every single though every one of those all you got to do is send them your credit card number your social security i don't know number, where they like, keep finding me i mean we don't have any mutual friends or anything and they just find you well they just go scrolling and they're like this dude's ugly and he'd be a sucker <laughs> That's what happened. Sorry. Take my money. <laughs> oh man. I mean, I'm still waiting. I, I'm still waiting for the money that I'm going to inherit from my um, dead ancestor in Nigeria. So. Right. Right. Yeah. You didn't realize that you were. I was a prince related to a prince. Yep. Yep. Own a lot of waiting. land, and still you just wait for the paperwork to go through. Well, it's right. Yeah. I keep sending them money, and one of these days it's going to pay off. Well, I keep sending them too. I. Maybe we're related because I'm I'm related to a prince over there too. I am a prince over there. All right, Matt, you got a good news story. I do. All right, what you got? I got to give a shout out to Ramrod, number one Ramrod, number one Ramrod. Yep, he reenlisted. We did. Yep, he reenlisted. Our dog to the uh, guard. So trippy Ramrod, stupid dumb Ramrod, number Real- one Ramrod. He's a uh, what is he? Is he five years in, and then now he reenlisted for another six years? Is Something that, like that, I think. Is I think what that's what it is, and uh, you know, it's it's getting it's getting actually fairly close. Uh, you know, we're uh, we're we're uh, into February now, and uh, I believe Ramrod's going to get home like at the end of April, so like yeah. two months away. And uh, uh, yep, the old dripsters back stateside. Oh yeah. My good news story, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Colby Craniger and Ben Luderman over uh, Iowa Great Lakes area and whatnot. Uh, they've been doing the Ultimate Panfish League. They've been fishing the uh, NAIFC, and uh, they catch them. Yeah, they, they haven't catch finished them. out of the top five in any of the tournaments. Yep, wherever they go, they catch them. And, uh, you know, we talked to them over at the stands ice season uh, kickoff and uh, – good dudes spectacular dudes and uh you know they they said you know they were they were gonna go hard at it this year and well, they're uh, putting in work yep they're doing a lot of traveling and uh you know doing the doing the pre-fishing doing it right and uh so yeah i want to give a shout out to those guys uh you know hell yeah brother keep getting after it i, I i'm still trying to get ben to get uh kobe to grow a mustache oh god if they'd be the te- double stashes i mean i mean what if if you had two? Win. What what could their team name be if they both had just killer stashes, like the double arches or? <laughs> come on, come on, think, Matt. Think, oh, let's what, see here. What would what would a good name for two? Can't be the lip rippers. It could be. I mean, the lip grippers. Something like that. Um yeah hmm. uh, i'll have know. to come up with I something yeah we're gonna come up with something they don't even i i doubt either of them listens to this show but uh either way we're we're coming up with a name and yeah all righty well i guess uh yeah no we, we normally end the show after the good news stories and uh so i guess we're gonna do that again that's Same. episode 109 stick with tradition stick with tradition uh episode 109 we will uh See you next week on uh, one ten. We got some good guests. Uh, we, uh, we we've got some ideas here on uh, on some guests. A couple guys that I know will do it. Uh, all we got to do is get a hold of them, and it's got to work out. Um, we could potentially uh, have have something really cool here uh, coming up. Um, we we got some guys that are all going to be together fishing, and uh, if we can kind of put something together like some sort of round table with all those guys uh you know potentially four or five six guys all on the same line and uh maybe just a big old bs session or something it's like that be uh, a mega episode it could be it could be if, if 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 this would happen to turn out it would be insane in the membrane but uh all right 
All right, that's enough rambling. That was episode 109. See you next week on episode 110. Later. Later.